Welcome to the podcast, Your Time with James Sweetman. Hello and welcome to this week's podcast. This week's episode is all about breaking down barriers and I've taken my inspiration for it uh, because back on November 9th, just earlier this month, it was the 30th anniversary of the fall of the Berlin Wall. I remember that night back in 1989. I've given my age away because I was 19 back then. And I think for perhaps people of my generation or those old enough to remember, the fall of the Berlin Wall was maybe the equivalent of Kennedy being assassinated back in 1963. It's sort of you remembered where you were. Maybe the Twin Towers attack on September 11th was something similar. But I know for me back at that time, that evening, it was the first time I recall witnessing uh, or being alive to witness what seemed to be a very historical moment, you know, a moment of history. And of course, that's come to be true. I was speaking to some nieces and nephews over the weekend um, and they're studying history. And of course, the fall of the Berlin Wall is part of what they're now studying. And it made me feel very old. Um, It's interesting, too, of course, that the Berlin Wall stood for 28 years. So with this 30th anniversary, it's been demolished um, for a longer time period than it actually existed. The Berlin Wall, of course, symbolised the Iron Curtain and that era of the Cold War that I grew up in. Uh, People maybe credit Ronald Reagan and Mikhail Gorbachev for their roles in bringing about an end to this era. But of course, with the benefit of hindsight and research, there are perhaps many more causes at play. Uh, Maybe the wall came down simply because a closed, secretive, restrictive political system just runs contrary to human nature. So in my episode this week, from a personal and business perspective, I think with some reflection, there are lessons to be learned from the fall of the Berlin Wall, some parallels that we can draw. And these are perhaps as equally relevant now as they were 30 years ago. So before I share some of my lessons or reflections on the fall of the Berlin Wall and how it relates to our own lives and maybe even uh, to companies and organisations, a quick thank you for tuning in. Um, I can't believe we're over three and a half thousand downloads now, which is fantastic. And I know people tune in every week and I never take that for granted. Of course, there's more information about me, James Sweetman, my services as a coach and as a speaker and as a self-skills trainer on my website, jamesweetman.com. And if you've not joined the community via my website where you get the latest articles and tip sheets and details of my event, do so. I promise you I don't spam you. There's one online easy next steps that is sent out the first week of the month. And that's been going now since May 2005. I can't believe it. It's something like 179 months or it's edition 179 that will be out in December. So I always like to take a quick moment to thank people for tuning in. And uh, if you're not already aware of it, the annual flagship workshop SOAR, uh, SOAR 2020, is taking place in the Westbury Hotel in January on the 30th, Thursday the 30th. And because this is the 10th consecutive year, we're having little glasses of champagne on arrival, as well as the other delicious refreshments that the that the Westbury provide during break as well. So more information available on my website, including the highlights video from last year. And of course, the tickets are available on Eventbrite and the early bird tickets are 55 euro plus fees. 
the first lesson or insight that comes to mind for me when I think about the Berlin Wall is that nothing is permanent. Before 1989, communism was seen as this immutable, permanent structure. Churchill, I think, was the first to use the phrase the Iron Curtain after World War Two. And in those decades that followed, you know, and certainly when I was growing up, the world was divided into East and West, communist, capitalist, the red countries and the blue countries on the map. No one was able to see how quickly things could change. But just in a few short weeks in 1989 and 1990, the revolutionary tides swept everything away. That perhaps gives us a little bit of consolation because if we're facing challenging circumstances and are struggling to see how things could change or could get better, perhaps there is the comfort in knowing that seemingly insurmountable challenges can be overcome. Sometimes, of course, things have to get worse before we are stimulated to take the necessary actions to bring about the desired change. Uh, That's something that I find cause for hope. You know, so if we have challenges, that same permanent uh, difficulties that just seem to be there forever, you know, if something as powerful and as dominating as you know, communism and the whole political structure of a company and geopolitical mindsets uh, can change so, so fast. Um, perhaps that gives us, you know, as I say, cause to hope. So we've all had experiences in our lives when something we took for granted suddenly changed. Maybe it was the loss of a loved one or the ending of a relationship or leaving a job. But of course, it is true change that we uh, learn and grow. So if lesson number one is nothing is permanent, it follows fairly obviously from that, that perhaps lesson number two is to get more comfortable with change or to embrace change. I found it fascinating looking at the uh, news clippings or the old footage of the fall of the Berlin Wall and the the fashions of people in the late 80s and 90s. Uh, But those individuals who ended the Cold War, those who climbed up on the Berlin Wall, those who marched in the streets of the capitals of Eastern Europe, those who held hands in the Baltic states, they were just normal people. You know, they didn't possess weaponry or political status, but they perhaps did have a collective power and a legitimacy that couldn't be resisted by military force. So that gets us to think about the whole topic of change and how ordinary people create change. What change would you like to create either about yourself or the world around you? Um, What would you like to be different? Uh, So often, of course, we start by knowing what it is we don't want and then perhaps flipping it and contemplating what it is that we would like. Uh, One of my favourite quotes in this area is that one of, you know, nothing changes until we change. Or there's an adaptation of that by Marianne Williamson, where she says the change we seek is always a change within ourselves. You know, so our circumstances, our finances, our relationships, they don't change until we change our attitude or our thinking about them. Of course, in the last 10 years, you know, since the 20th anniversary of the fall of the Berlin Wall, organisations have been dealing with an ever increasing volume of change, whether that was in response to the circumstances triggered by the global financial crisis, you know, or by ongoing and ever faster advances in technology. And of course, some companies succeed at dealing with change better than others. Then, of course, you've changed at an individual level. And some of us are perhaps just a little bit more adept at managing change. Uh, Of course, the reality is that change is a constant 
We can try to resist it, but we can never prevent it. And there's little point in living in the past. The good old days are gone if they were ever good in the first place. That's why I always raise an eyebrow with that American slogan of make America great again, because it plays on maybe naive nostalgia. And of course, the obvious question is, well, when was it great in the 1950s, in the 1860s? Uh, resistance to the present and resistance to what is, of course, current reality that just creates stress. Uh, forging an attitude around the concept of how we can f- shape our future together is not only healthier, but perhaps just ultimately wiser. The third theme that came to mind when I was reflecting on the fall of the Berlin Wall was breaking down our own barriers. Many of us, myself included, have built up walls in the past at a personal level. It's the way we protect ourselves, insulating ourselves from pain, ultimately. And of course, growing up, we all experience pain, maybe the pain of a broken relationship, a bereavement, losing a job, going broke. Uh, But when we experience pain, maybe with a level of awareness, we can realise that we do have a choice. You know, we can learn from it. It can open us up or we can close down as a result. A useful question to reflect on this week is where have I closed down? From a personal development perspective, uh, we cannot grow fully as a person until we heal those old wounds and hurts that we've collected along the way. As the saying goes, when the child is healed, the, the adult appears. Of course, taking down barriers, whatever barriers they are, uh, can be scary because we're stepping into the unknown. However, it's only when our barriers are down that we can fully experience love and a sense of fulfillment. And of course, equally, it's only when our barriers are down or we identify them that we can look at those gems and the tenderness and the compassion that we were protecting in the first place. Brené Brown, the American speaker and researcher and academic and author, um, who I really admire, and of course, there's lots of resources about her online, including her famous TED Talks. Um, she has the great phrase that when we own our own stories, we get to write the ending. But the opposite of that is that our stories will own us. Uh, when the Berlin Wall came down, it brought an end to the East-West divide. And this made it possible for people to think of a global view of the future. When our walls come down, our own defence barriers, it's easier for us then perhaps to shape a compelling future because we're no longer shackled to the past. The fourth and last insight that came to me when I was reflecting on the fall of the Berlin Wall was perhaps how many companies are still managed like communist states today and are managers seen as pillars of the status quo or as reformers. If you think of communism as an ethos, there's still only a few pockets of it in the world. North Korea, Cuba, we might think of. China, perhaps in name only. Nowadays, the challenge, of course, is that the pendulum of history seems to be swinging back towards fascism and extreme right-wing views. But I want you to think about some of these characteristics of the old communist states and their parallel with organisations. So how many of these characteristics sound familiar to you? Information is shared on a need-to-know basis. People live or work under an atmosphere of uh, fear, ultimately. Uh, You're punished for stepping out of line. You feel like a replaceable cog in a wheel. The only feedback you get is when you do something wrong. There's a, a culture of secrecy that is pervasive. Gossip and speculation fill the vacuum created by a lack of open communication. There are no constructive conversations about what's not working because problems are rarely voiced. Uh, Power is centrally located, just like in old Politburos. 
You can never bring bad news to the boss because there's a tendency to shoot the messenger. Lip service might be paid to issues like striving to embrace change or wanting staff to be proactive with ideas, but volunteer ideas or question existing practices or challenge the status quo, and it could be the equivalent of committing corporate suicide. You'd be sent to a gulag. Um, now, some of those bullets are a little bit extreme, um, but they are still very prevalent in organisations, but less and less so, I have to say, as someone who's been working with organisations in a coaching or a consultancy practice for the last 15 odd years. Um, uh, but there are still many dying management ethoses out there, which are really based on an old them and us mentality or the mentality of centralising power based on the thinking that the more information or knowledge I have, the more power I have as opposed to a more modern approach, which is around sharing information and sharing knowledge to empower others. So if you're in a position of leadership, then perhaps the question we have to ask ourselves is, you know, and I, am I a member of a politburo, an inner circle, a clique that retains power, or am I a reformer, you know, someone who is balancing certainty with optimism or realism with hope in, in creating a new way of, in working, of working or engaging with others? Uh, of course, today, you know, society is is not preoccupied with a Cold War anymore. That's gone back to the annals of history. But of course, there's a war on terrorism. There's the rise of the right wing ideologies and fascism. Uh, there's the battle to tackle climate change in a meaningful way. There's still the, um, the fallout from the financial crisis, uh, endless humanitarian challenges. Um, you know, new problems have replaced the old, as it were. Um, and there's no doubt that the world has changed hugely since November 1989. But in order to tackle the issues we face today, similar significant changes, political, organisational and individual are needed. And that always brings me back to that famous Gandhi quote of be the change you want to see, because ultimately the, the only place where we have control is really over ourselves. So a slightly different episode this week with my musings on the fall of the Berlin Wall and how quickly the last 30 years have gone by. Um, a little quick recap on some of those points around where nothing is permanent, which I think if we're dealing with challenges and difficulties, gives us that strain of hope. Um, of course, change is an ongoing reality. And if we can embrace it, perhaps life gets easier because the resistance the resistance of reality and of the present moment is one of the ultimate causes of stress. And then there was the piece around where have I put up barriers myself? Can I look within and, and look to see, can I have the courage? Can I be a reformer myself and, and take down those barriers to, to open myself up to new possibility? And then, of course, the parallels between how those old communist countries were run and how some organisations still operate that way. But where can I come at it from a courageous reforming mindset. So I hope these few reflections on what was a, a massive historical event have perhaps stirred some thinking for you. Uh, thanks again for tuning in and until next week.